while we here on the North Side are incredibly blessed with a wealth of talent and leadership um, in our community. And it is um, a joy then to welcome from time to time various voices to come and preach and uh, speak to us from God's word. And so today we are blessed to hear from Jonathan Good. Uh, Jonathan is a founding member of our community, has been with us um, really since day one, since before we even began, and has been a faithful servant helping us really pioneer our efforts, especially in areas of mission and outreach, helping us build partnerships in and around the community. And so uh, he is also uh, a pastor at heart, and it's a joy for us to hear from him today. And so we now hand it over to Jonathan as he reflects on our words from Matthew 16. Yeah, so I am uh, gonna start by just being very honest and open. I have no idea how any of you are actually hearing this right now. Uh, we are having some technical difficulties this morning, and so some of you will hear this on a recording, and probably most of you will hear this on a recording, but it is very reflective uh, of the year that we're having that uh, we, would, we, would, we would have this plan that we thought was gonna sort of work a certain way, and uh, to then find out that that plan did not work in that way, and so uh, I uh, I hope wherever you are and wherever you're wherever you're listening to this, uh, the Lord is blessing you, and uh, and he's and he's and he's uh, he's coming into the space with you, uh, so that you can hear from his word, and so we can just kind of walk together in this in whatever platform you're getting to uh, consume this content. So. Uh, I have the great privilege uh, of talking about this passage from from the book of 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 of, of Matthew, and it is a it is a tough it is a tough passage. Uh, it's a tough passage in what it calls you to. It's a tough passage in some of the language, some of the direct language, uh, and I want to hopefully just glean some some uh, some things from this uh, and 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 offer a few practical examples of how we might uh, take what we're gleaning from this and apply it to our everyday lives and how we follow Christ. So I think in order to understand this passage, uh, which is Matthew 16, uh, 21 to 28, uh, to understand it with any kind of clarity, you almost have to look in, in reverse and see Matthew 16, 13 through 20, which Trip covered last week. And if you haven't actually uh, taken the time to hear that sermon, I, I, would, I would definitely commend it to you and recommend that you take that time. But that, that, that pullback a little bit is important uh, because it, um, it helps us to see uh, the way in which Christ viewed Peter. And that's gonna be important because he's about to say some pretty straightforward things to Peter and we need to hear it in its context. And so in the context here, you, you, you see Peter in this, in, this, in this Matthew 16, 13 through 20 section being so highly praised, and, and you know we've we we've talked about inside of Christian circles that there are a lots there are there are are lots of ways you can take this passage uh, Matthew sixteen thirteen to twenty, but one thing you really can't dispute is that Peter is praised in it. He does something right, and I think that's important for us to at least have that found because the next section is gonna be where you see that Peter does something wrong. So let's, let's, like, let's, let's read through this a little bit and we'll start at 21 and you know, simply make some observations here. From that time, Christ began to show his disciples that he must go to J Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the 
chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And so he's laying out, this is gonna be really hard. What I'm about to do is gonna be a really hard thing. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, which is rebuking Christ was bold. Uh, But he said, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But then he turned to Peter and said, listen to to the pointedness of this language. Get behind me, Satan. Wow. It's like you wake up on a Tuesday and somebody says, get behind me, Satan. Like it's not the way you wanna start a day. You are a hindrance to me and it's especially not the way you wanna start a day to hear these words from Christ himself. For you are not setting your minds on the things of the Lord, but on the things of man. And in this, in, this, in this moment, this is why it's so important that we look at that passage right before this. Because what you see is that Peter is a beloved child of God. He's loved. He's very much loved. But in this next passage, you're gonna see that he's gonna be directly rebuked by Christ. And it's important for us to see this because it helps us to see whenever we read ahead that being being Buked is meant to reorient us. It's not meant to. Re- it's not meant for us to feel like we're under attack or under some sort of an assault. And I think that's what often happens. We find ourselves in a place where we will resist any sort of re- any sort of pushback because we feel like when people are pushing on something we've said or maybe an action we've taken, they are pushing on us as a human being. And what Christ shows here is is, a, is an important part of faith is being able to take rebuke well being able to hear someone call you out on something and take it well in love. And for a lot of us, this is hard. This was a blunt call out. I mean, he called him Satan. <laughs> this was very blunt. He didn't, he didn't chop up his language, but it was meant to help Peter because Peter's mind was not set on the things of the Lord. So Christ loving Peter wants to call him out on his, on, his, on, his, on his area where he's maybe lost his focus. Because as we see in Revelation 3, you can, you can read this passage yourself. To those whom I love, I reprove. It's a loving act when the Lord helps us to reorient ourselves. But it's a hard act. And it's an act that we have to sometimes tackle face forward because for a lot of us, the reason we feel this pushback for it is because in the past we have been rebuked and it has been tied to shame. And at the point that rebuke and shame overlap, that's not the point. That's where it's become evil. But rebuke in its healthy sense is about helping you to reorient so that you can more faithfully follow wherever the Lord is leading you. And as a point of personal privilege on this passage, I think the problems we're having with our recording this morning is such an indicator of the challenging times we find ourselves in. And it's an indicator uh, of also how hard it is to be a part of a local ch- church right now. For so, for so very many of us, we have gotten used to the way certain structures operate. And we've relied on those structures so heavily that we don't know how to operate when those structures aren't able to be in place. But here we see that it is important to be around people who can actually rebuke us in love. It is important to not lose the context of the community that the Lord has placed us in. And I have to tell you, I miss so many of you guys. I miss seeing you guys on Sundays. And I, 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 
I hate that we don't have the opportunity to all come together in a large room the way we once had. And I don't know when that's coming back. But I know that there are options and there are ways we can put ourselves around one another that we can continue to intentionally cross up into each other's lives. There's a local church close to my house and it's been so great to see every Friday uh, a group of senior adults. They all come, 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 come together. I'm gonna assume there's 20 of them. And they, they make this huge circle under this large, um, this large sort of overpass at their church. And every week they're making this, this huge circle where they're all sort of spread out, but they're able to be in the same place. And I asked one of the people why, uh, uh, why, they, why they were doing that every week. And he, he said, you know what? I tried to do Zoom and um, I was Zoomed out. And so I decided I wanted to actually try to see real human beings again. And so I would, as part of this, commend you to try to do things to put yourself around other people. Even if it's just one other couple or one other individual, I would commend you to consider how you may, con how you may place yourself around other people. So as we pull in on this passage, we are, we are reminded that rebuke does not, equal, does not equal rejection. Rebuke is about reorienting us. And what are we being reoriented to? Let's continue on in 16, 24 to 25. Then Christ told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whomever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We need constant reorientation to fight against our human nature. That's why we need this reorientation. Listen to the language here. Then Christ told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. I'm not great at denying myself. A lot of us are not great at denying yourself. It's, we need help fighting that. Take up his cross. This even gets more complicated. I'm gonna take up an instrument of crucifixion. That's whatever that is, whatever that's insinuating, it's not something probably that feels very pleasant and follow me. And then, then listen to this, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So many of us right now are plagued by fear because this is not how we approach our life. We are afraid of losing our lives. We're afraid of what's gonna happen in this unknown territory in situations we can't control. And the coronavirus, I think for a lot of us has, has brought that out, this, plaguing fear of what happens when our lives feel more vulnerable. This shows us that this is not our natural way of operating. Our natural way is not to lay ourselves down. Our natural way is to figure out how to protect ourselves at all costs. And that is why we need people around us to rebuke us, to help us to see what it really means to follow Christ and to call us when we are out of order to call us from places of love. One of the reasons I think Christ is able to call Peter out so profoundly here is not simply because he's Christ, though that is certainly sufficient should he, should he want that to be enough. He's able to call him out here because of the close relationship that they have. Christ and Peter have this incredibly close relationship that the foundation of which was laid long before he called him Satan but it was then he was able to use such piercing words with someone because the person receiving it knew that he was loved by him. 
that is the kind of relationships we need to find ourselves in so that we can have people around us to help us recalibrate and reorient ourselves consistently. And it is a consistent need. Continuing on, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? For the son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. We can get into a lot of this, but the high point that I wanna land at is ultimately this is for our good. We are, we are, we are placing ourselves in relationship with people who can help rebuke us so that we can be reoriented. We're being reoriented from what our temptations are in life to what it looks like to actually follow Christ. And ultimately, ultimately, this is for our own good. And it's so important that we are consistently remembering this. Not following Christ, not following him is appealing to our humanity. It is appealing to the brokenness of our humanity to not follow a, a Christ who calls us to live sacrificially. And for a lot of us, one of the challenges is that we were raised in such environments that told us to believe the right things and that belief, belief, belief was so important and it is so important. Romans 10 confirms that if you believe in your heart that the Lord uh, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't wanna take away from how important that is, but Christ time and time again calls us to follow. He calls us to actually act. And for so many of us, we don't know how to, collect, how to connect our theology to actual action. We get so focused on believing the right things and thinking the right things. And we don't see that Christ consistently reorients us to actually acting in light of the theology that we say, that we hold. Following him is what will truly satisfy our soul. And it's what prepares us for eternity that we're heading towards. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to follow you alongside a group of people. And I thank you that that can happen even when the structures we've come to rely on are no longer available. I thank you, God, that even in confusing times like this, you always show a way forward. I thank you that history is riddled with ways that you have carried your people through hard times. And often in the hard times, you've actually made them stronger. Lord, I pray that when the things that seem to hold us together in our faith no longer seem to be in place. Lord, I pray that we would be men and women who would try to figure out how you're moving in the midst of that. That we would not be thrown off by the obstacles, but we would seek to be in community with people that ultimately spur us on to follow you more faithfully. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.